Glory to God, for he is great and he's greatly to be praised. It's another day's journey and we ought to be glad about it. God has truly navigated us throughout this day and blessed us beyond enumeration. And I'm glad about it and according to the expressions on your face, uh, you're glad as well. Amen. Amen. Glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time. There are a lot of other places we could have been, but uh, it's best that we are in the house of the Lord because in his house, I believe there's a special anointing that reside among the saints. And when all God's children get together, what a time, what a time, what a time. And it don't have to be on the other side of life. It don't have to be on the banks of the river. Uh, it can be in the house of God that we can have a wonderful time and a blessed time uh, in the Lord. So we thank God for all of you and thank God for your hunger and thirst after righteousness. And the Bible says that if you hunger and thirst, you shall be filled. Amen. Amen. We, we have been uh, studying the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And um, we have already settled ourselves and concluded that the Holy Spirit is not an it. Uh, he's a person. That means that he has feelings and he can act and he can speak. And... Um, we, 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 we know now how to better relate to the Holy Spirit. He's God. Uh, he's not a lesser version of God. He is God. Ask a question onset of our study. The last time you worshiped the Holy Spirit. And y'all got quiet like you're kind of quiet now. <laughs> uh, because... Our thoughts at the time of the Holy Spirit was not that he is God, but he helps us. He helps us to worship, and he helps us to worship himself. Amen. So we, we have been dealing with the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've been dealing with the function of the Holy Spirit and the emotional responses of the Holy Spirit to both positive, negative actions or I can say righteous and unrighteous actions or I can say good or bad actions. That when we disobey it grieves the heart it grieves the Holy Spirit so you don't want to live a life of disobedience uh, the Holy Spirit is your helper he's the paraclete and you know everything para it helps you like parachute Paracel, and you just go on down through there and he's the paraclete he's our helper uh, he's the divine nature of God in us to help us connect with God and relate to God amen you don't want to be a stranger to God <clears throat> and you don't want God to be a stranger to you now, I think some people, when they get to heaven, if they make it, they're going to be shocked. Because they don't know anything about God. And the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal unto them, you know, God and his personality and his principles and all that. And they have just ignored the Holy Spirit and grieved the Holy Spirit. So when they get to heaven, if they get to heaven, they're going to be shocked. They won't have any type of idea about 
what God is like and, and, and all of the attributes of God because they have not submitted and surrendered themselves to the Holy Spirit to have some knowledge and understanding of God. This thing is about God. It's about God. We, we, we put too much emphasis on the horizontal and are not enough emphasis on the vertical that we let little horizontal stuff mess us up and even kind of extinguish our fire and our desire to know God. Uh, we got too much in the way. And we got too many preconceived notions. And all that, so we, 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 we are kind of stifling the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to reveal God to us and we're just ignoring him. So get to heaven and you'll be shocked. Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight I, I want to deal with the operation of the Holy Spirit. The operation of the Holy Spirit. So you know him as a person. You, you know his responses, his emotional responses to your actions in life. But I want to I wanna kind of inform you as to what the Holy Spirit what his ministry is, his operation is in your life. Now, I, I got to go back and deal with something first. I got to tell you that you are not in charge of the Holy Spirit. You know, because we be saying some stuff to him and all that kind of stuff. Like we superior and he's inferior. Like he's in charge. Like we are in charge and he's not. You are not in charge of the Holy Spirit. And you can't cut him on and off when you get ready. You know, some Sundays, you don't want to get happy. And the Holy Spirit just pushing on you and you just still sitting there. And you think you tell him what to do, and he's just finally going to take control and just make you lose it. And it wouldn't have been so bad if you would have just went on heated. But because he had to keep on working with you, and, and, and you just lost it. And somewhere between that moment and benediction, you don't know what happened. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You just got happy. And he had to show you that he's in charge. You got up and your makeup wasn't made up. You had lipstick all on your teeth. Your, your eyeshadow was down here on your chin. Yeah. tie twisted he had a time with you just to show you that you are not in charge now you didn't intend for that to happen now because you want to look dignified yeah and he just took you on down through there just to show you you said when you, when you were on your way to church, you weren't going to clap. And you weren't going to lend your voice for the praise of God. But he got to working with you. And, and you said you weren't going to say nothing and you weren't going to do nothing. It was one of them Sundays. And he had to show you that you're not in charge. So let's deal with the operation the operation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is heaven's divine administrator on earth. 
You know, we pray the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You have never been to heaven before. But God has given the Holy Spirit so that the operation of heaven can be made manifest on earth to fulfill the petition of the prayer. That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That the Holy Spirit is heaven's divine administrator on earth. The Holy Spirit comes to us in person. Listen to me. To glorify Christ in every believer as he works to fulfill God's plan on earth that is the seeking of loss of the loss and the saving of souls he has a ministry he has an operation notice he comes to earth or he has come to earth he's in us to glorify God to glorify Jesus Christ So he's wrestling with us to get self out of the way because we always want to elevate self over and above everything and everybody else. So the Spirit of God is working with us so that we will decrease so that Christ's glory can be the priority of our lives. That's what his ministry is. We see that in John chapter 15, chapter 16. Verse 14, I want you to turn there. John chapter 16, verse 14. Jesus is speaking. And he says, he shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine. And shall show it unto you. So if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The topic, the main topic of your conversation is Jesus Christ. It is not me and my and I, but it's it's Jesus Christ. So he empowers us to glorify Jesus Christ. That's your purpose. You know, some people say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I just gave it to you. Your life is to be lived to glorify Jesus Christ. Now, if you it, let me kind of go back over that because, you know, you, you just don't want to just hear that because You know, you want some supernatural happening to take place in your life and and you want God to put you on a high stage and a big stage before a whole lot of people. And I'm not saying that he won't, but you have to know when you get up there what your purpose is. Because if you get there and not know your purpose, you will sell out on God. So you got to settle some things in your life as a Christian. You know, this modern-day Christianity just wear me out. You know, because we call, you know, everything God. We call everything about Christ. And we know a lot of this stuff that we are saying is of God and is of Christ. is not of God and is not of Christ. And we are living, you know, for self-gain and self-aggrandizement and all of that. And we want to say that, you know, we still have God as our priority. We're living for creature comforts, cash, cruises, and cottages. We're living to impress 
people because we want people to look at us and not be able to recognize the God who's in us by way of the Holy Spirit. We're in the way because we don't know what this thing is about. It's about the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, people will get saved if, if people in church, if we come in and make that our agenda and our priority, that I'm not going to come and, and get all caught up in, you know, what I like, you know, because we have become so, you know, enamored about what we like that, that we have a consumer's mentality. And, and we want people to uh, uh, please us and appease us, you know, the singing of the songs. And, and we have the audacity to say, well, I didn't like that song. What song to you? It was sang unto the Lord. So we have to understand that the minister of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus Christ. And if you say you, 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 you are full of the Holy Spirit, it ought to be some evidence. Now, don't you live all your life and God, Jesus Christ, can't get one ounce of glory out of your life. You are to live to, to glorify God. That's why, you know, he didn't save you and kill you. Uh-huh, y'all quiet. That's why you, you still here after years of being saved. Because he wants some glory out of your life. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth in John 16, 13, and our advocate in John 14, 26. So when the Holy Spirit indwells the life of a believer, he takes the truth of the words of Christ and reveals their depth of meaning that you can't know the word of God without the aid of the Holy Spirit. I don't care how smart you are. I, I don't care what your IQ is. This is this is something the word of God is something that that you can't you know understand and comprehend because you have matriculated at a university or a prestigious college. You need the aid and assistance of the Holy Spirit. Let me prove my posture. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That means, inspiration means the breath. Same word in Genesis, wherein that Adam was formed, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the Bible says that Adam became a living soul. When Adam got up from the ground, after the breath of God was breathed into him, he could relate to God because the breath of God was in him. He could commune with God because the breath of God was in him. So if, if the breath of God breathed upon, if God breathed upon man to pen the word, he was divinely inspired to pen the word. He's not the author. You know, so many people say, well, that's a, a book that man wrote. No, man is not the author. God is. But what God did is breathe upon man, and man wrote as he was inspired. That's why the Bible says God's Word. Now, I've never purchased a Bible that says the words of man. God's holy word. Are y'all with me? Now, if it was inspired when it was written... You have to be inspired to 
understand it. See, the Bible says these things have been hidden from the wise and prudent. That if God don't uncover it, that's why it's called a mystery. That if God doesn't uncover it, I don't care how many times you read it, you won't understand it. So you need help to understand the word of God. So the Holy Spirit reveals the depth of the word's meaning to us. So we don't be surface. You need depth. Depth. You, you need depth. I'm trying to help us. You know, a lot of us are surface. We know John 3.16. John 3, we know what it said. But we don't know what it means. <laughs> For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Well, we, we know what it says because we were told to memorize it from childhood. But we don't understand what it means in the context. Because when you read John chapter 3, John is revealing to us why we need a Savior. You were condemned before you got saved. He didn't have to condemn you. You were already condemned. You know, so when people in the world say, well, you condemning me. No, I don't have to condemn you because you already condemned. And he unlocks it in John 3 by telling us that God loved us so that he gave us his son. And then the conversation goes into uh how to be born again, how to enter into the kingdom of, of God, how to be saved. And Nicodemus confused because he's thinking in the carnal, in the physical sense. He says, man, can a, can a man enter into his mother's womb for a second time? To be born again? Jesus reveals the significance, the spiritual significance of what he's saying in that it is not a physical birth. Is a spiritual. Amen. And if you haven't been born again, he goes on to say you cannot see, which is not vision, sight, physical sight. It's spiritual understanding. That word see means to comprehend. And then he goes on to say, well, if you're not born again, you cannot enter. He says you can't understand and you can't enter. So he gives us depth of meaning. Something I dealt with this morning, you know, we, we often talk about, you know, Jesus was wounded for our transgression, bruised our iniquities, chastised our peace upon him, and by his stripes. And we only think of that in the physical sense. And here's why I challenge you that if it's physical, there would be no sick, saved people. Not only do you see people that are saved, sick, you read of people who were saved, sick. So what is he talking about? He's talking about spiritual healing. That's the emphasis of Isaiah that the nation was sick with sin. And Jesus Christ was the only one who could remedy them and make them well so they could commune with God. I'm not saying he won't heal you from physical sickness. That's not the emphasis. The emphasis is spiritual. He gives you depth of meaning. As the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit functions in seven specific capacities to fulfill the eternal plan of God. I won't be able to cover seven. I'm going to try to give you one or two, but he, he functions in seven 
specific capacities to fulfill the eternal plan of God. With respect to these seven offices, he exercises authority over both the individual and corporate lives of believers. I want you to get this. So, he exercises authority over your life as an individual believer. So that means that you not only experience him when you are in the corporate setting, you also experience his authority alone. Alone. He's with you while you're driving. He's with you when you're walking in the neighborhood. He's with you when you're shopping. So you have to make yourself more conscious of his presence. You know, if you make yourself more conscious of his presence, some stuff you're doing you won't do. And some of the stuff you're saying you won't say. And you'll get so, you know, so convicted, some of the stuff you're thinking you won't let that just kind of rotate and linger in your mind too long. <clears throat> Read of um, Dale Moody, Chicago, he was so under the conviction of the Spirit that if he was walking across the street and a bad thought, an evil thought ran across his mind, he kneeled in the street and prayed. We're not that conscious. So if you make yourself more conscious of his, of his presence, a lot of the stuff you do, you won't do. A lot of the things you say, you won't say. And a lot of the things you think, you'll quickly extinguish them from your mind. Let me ask you a question. Where do you take the Holy Spirit? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just thought I would pull the house. Where is he keeping you company at? Y'all will make me call out a few places. Y'all too quiet. Y'all scaring me. Y'all scaring me now. I want to think that y'all are like this all the time. And y'all don't go to places like bingo. Casino. Uh Uh-huh. Y'all want me to call out a few more places? You keeping them good company at your house, you know. You don't watch all that old stuff on TV and all that. Keep them good company in your car, you know. You keep it on the Christian station. You don't listen to blues and you don't listen to R&B and all that. You don't listen to rap. Keep them good company. Y'all say amen. All right. That's enough. All right, all right, all right. I just thought I would engage y'all because I didn't want y'all to kind of shut me off and hit the switch and, and cut me out and all that kind of thing. Because I want to know I'm talking to some real people. But you have to become more conscious of his presence because he has a ministry to fulfill in your life that that he exercises authority over both the individual and corporate lives of believers. Now, here's the first thing. God appointed the Holy Spirit to execute authority concerning the spirit, soul, and body of individual believers. 
So he's working on all of you. He's working on all of you. See, we want him in certain aspects and in certain places and in certain positions in our lives. So, but understand that God has given the Holy Spirit authority to execute power and authority concerning your spirit, soul, and body. Romans 5 tells us why we should be under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, we are justified by faith. We are declared right. Declared righteous. We have peace with God. So, the enmity is gone. The friction that came about at the fall of Adam, when Adam disobeyed, prior to, 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 to disobeying, Adam did not have a single child. So all of mankind in Adam, when he fell in the garden, inherited from Adam a fallen nature. So you were not born righteous the first time. You were born in the similitude of Adam's transgression. That's right. By the time you get to Genesis chapter 4, it tells you of the lineage of Adam who were born in his likeness. That we all inherited. And here it is in Christ. Once we accept Christ, or when we accepted Christ, we became born again, saved, and the Holy Spirit came in us, and notice what has happened, that we have been declared right by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into the grace, into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We got something to look forward to. If you are living with nothing to look forward to, you're hopeless. I was told you could live so many hours or so many days without water. So many hours, so many days without food. But you can't live without hope. Hopelessness breeds suicide. You're unhealthy if you're hopeless. So he gives us something to look forward to. My future is brighter than my past. Where I'm headed is better than where I've been. See, we have this hope of the glory of God. He tells us why we should yield ourselves to the authority of the Holy Spirit. But in verse 5 of Romans chapter 5, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Why are you so down and disappointed? Why are you so disturbed and distressed? Notice what the Bible says is that the Holy Spirit who is given to us, has poured something 
out into our hearts. See, there's some things you need to settle or you need to allow the Holy Spirit to settle in you before you try to get into a friendship or a relationship. Before you start trying to deal with people because if not, your unsettled heart will accuse everybody for the condition of your heart. And see, you put too much pressure on folks on the horizontal plane because you think God has given folks into your life to make you happy. You even go as far as to say that God has given people into your life to complete you. Now, I'm not saying this to be mean and, and to, you know, despair my wife. My wife can't complete me. And I can't complete her. Y'all stop that stuff y'all hearing on the soap operas and stuff now. On Dr. Phil and Oprah Winfrey and all that kind Well, it won't complete me. You can't complete your own self. How's somebody else going to complete you? With all the mood changes and stuff you got going on. Satisfy you on this end, here you go on this end with something else. <laughs> You got to let the Holy Spirit pour something in your heart. And when you let the Holy Spirit pour into your heart, it settles you. Because then you are living under the authority of the Holy Spirit. And you won't be so disappointed. He gives you proper perspective of life and what it's about, how it's to be lived, how it's to be shared. So when you allow the Holy Spirit to pour into your heart mm, this love of God, it settles some stuff. You don't, you, you, listen, when you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to do that, you're not out there in the world trying to chase down, you know, confirmation and people's approval of you and people's acceptance of you and all that kind of thing. Matter of fact, you're not, you're nowhere really doing that. Because you have allowed the Holy Spirit to pour the love of God. The Bible says there is no greater love than the love of God. So will you open your heart and stop shedding the heart and open the heart and let the Holy Spirit pour the love of God in you. So you think you got to have this mean persona that folks be afraid to approach you because you really don't want people to get too close to you. And the fear is really not them. The fear is He wraps up in verse 17. For well, if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Now, um, I know I'm going to run out of time before I get to this, but let me just kind of give you a snippet. When he's talking about reigning in life, he's talking about life above life. If you don't tap into life above life, life beyond your physical existence, You won't live fulfilled. So he's talking about life beyond life through the one Jesus Christ. When we submit 
to the authority of the Holy Spirit, we receive justification of our sins and reconciliation with God the Father. That's life. That I'm in good standing with God. Knowing I'm in good standing with God, think what you want. You have to stop letting folks bring you down and all that kind of thing. You got to, you got to know that you're in good standing. So, so you can walk around in peace. You're not so disturbed and afraid. You know, some people are afraid to even think about death. You know, when I was younger... You know, it terrified me. Some nights I couldn't hardly sleep, you know. Seemingly it would make the hair stand up on my head. Y'all been there? Cringing just thinking about dying. Imagining myself, you know, being raptured without dying. But now, I know I'm in good standing. I got the judge on my side. And, and we read in Romans that the Holy Spirit advocates. Now, I talked about this the other morning. I don't know how many of y'all are online, on Zoom, but I talked about this. The accuser, Satan, is bringing up charges. But when he brings up charges, the Holy Spirit, according to Romans 8, advocates. But not only the Holy Spirit, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. So we got all of heaven's court on our side. And when he bring all of that stuff up before the Lord, before he bring it up all before God, God says not guilty. And see what's so baffling to Satan because Satan was an angel and angels can't be forgiven. Y'all, did y'all get that? Angels can't be forgiven. But here it is, as much as we have sinned, God forgives us. And so Satan being a fallen angel brings report before God and said, have you considered so-and-so, so-and-so? And this person and that person and then bring up all that stuff that you're really guilty of. He ain't up there lying on you now. You know, he's not up there lying on you. He's up there bringing up the charges. And, and the father says not guilty because of the son's blood that has wiped away sin charge. That's why the Bible says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift that we are in good standing with the Lord so listen you got to stop letting Satan blackmail you the reason some of you are quiet at church is because you you too afraid some of your stuff gonna come up but let it come on up and shout when it come up because you've been forgiven amen all I didn't mean. I didn't mean. I didn't mean. You got me kind of stirred up in it. I'm kind of getting warm up in here. He, he says that when we submit, I got, I got five more minutes. Let me deal with this. The Holy Spirit is designated by God as the governmental authority over the church that the Holy Spirit revives the church impels the church to carry out her mission and unifies the church in love the Holy Spirit is at work in the church sanctifying her building her up to the measure of Christ now 
Let's go back and look at this. He's the governmental authority. Okay, he's the governmental authority over the church. And then the Holy Spirit revives the church, impels to carry out her mission. Now, the word impel means to drive. Example of it is in Matthews 4, Mark 6, when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says he was led up. Uh, Luke said he was driven into the wilderness. So this word means to impel. Now, uh, it means to drive. Understand that the force of church, the power of church and might of church is not the membership. Is the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is working with people before they show up to join. See, there's some conviction that goes on before they even pull up on the campus. impels it 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 drives that's why you have to be led of the spirit and the spirit has to drive you now once the spirit places you and plants you don't you unplant yourself you got to know that that the spirit is the force Listen, uh, I shared with a, a, a preacher a few, few weeks ago. He interviewed me in terms of preaching. That, that, that deemed me to be an expositor preacher. And he's at the college and he called and, and um, Dr. Cavert had him to call me to interview me. I had a, another call last year that uh, Dr. Q.E. Hammond had one of his students to call me to talk about preaching. And I said, and he says, what part do you think the Holy Spirit plays in preaching I said he's the force behind the words that words can come out of my mouth and the Holy Spirit can grab hold of the words and arrange the words so by the time it hits your ears is what you need as an individual that the real preacher is the Holy Spirit y'all see that that he's the real preacher. Yeah. It's his ministry that he impels. He's the force. Yeah. That's why the Bible said that it is not by power nor by might, says the Lord, but it is by his spirit. Listen, you got to know that even when you're singing the Lord's songs, if you want people to be touched by your praising of God, you got to know that it is the Holy Spirit who impels. Don't you dare get up and try to do it on your own. I don't care if it's ushering. Don't you get on that door and not be impelled by the Spirit. You'll be doing some stuff you ain't got no business doing. Praise dancing or whatever you're doing. You make sure you know who's the real power. Won't be up there bragging on yourself, talking about what you're talking about and what you're doing. God can't get no credit because you're too busy highlighting yourself. He impels the church to carry out her mission and unifies the church in love. Let me tell you, unity. Is a gift. Let me tell you, it is not something you can merit. It's a gift. It's unity in the spirit. 
So in the spirit, God gives us oneness. Let me tell you what can happen and not be unity. You can show up at church at the same time, wearing the same color, saying the same thing, not be in unity. Because unity is a gift. It is not achieved by effort of man. It is given to us. Now he says, don't you be a unity disturber or a breaker. Don't you disturb unity all that self. It's a gift. He operates in the hearts of believers to bring believers into a unity of love. Mm. Well, I wish I had time. Let me quit. And he's building us up to the measure of Christ. Now, can you admit that you are not there yet? Now, if you admit that, then you know you need some more work now. So you know you can't afford to miss no meeting now. If you, you admit that you need some more work uh, and, and you're not there yet, you can't afford to be skipping out. Every time the doors of the church open and we're in fellowship, you need to be here, you know, because I need some work on me. Uh-huh, yeah. All right. Let us stand up and make our prayer circle. Any questions? Damon. Damon. All right, make our press circle. Come on. Believe us in prayer tonight. Are there any prayer requests? About the workshop. Make, make that announcement about that. Good evening, everyone. Just want to remind you of our um, youth open house over in the Family Life Center. If you can, please join and help support our youth. Amen. That's tonight. That's seven. Seven. seven now. All right. Prayer requests? Yes, sir. Uh, I would like to take a question. Annie Warren. Yes, ma'am. I would like to take the Bethlehem family for your prayers. Any acts of kindness during my time of bereavement. Amen. Amen. Prayers continue. Anyone else? Prayer requests? All right. Who said it again? Jackson. Be in prayer for Sandra. Um, She lost a niece on yesterday to an accident. Son was telling me that uh, she was she had got off work early, and um, police were chasing uh, some young men, and they, in fleeing from the officer, 
ran into the car and killed her niece. So Sandra Perry, uh, pray for pray for that family. Uh, I saw another hand, Sister Teresa. Amen. Praying for for them. Anyone else? Yes. All right, Sister Henderson and Sister P- Pippins. All right, praying for them for their procedure. Okay. All right, all right. If if you can, Sister Hayes, have have both. Sister Henderson and Sister Pippins to call me tomorrow morning uh, before surgery and then make sure you call me. Uh, I like to pray with members going in and we may think surgeries can be small and, and minute and trivial uh, but I'm telling you, you need prayer. Sister Boy. Um, Latanya LaShore, uh, January and Bowie family. All right. Latanya LaShore, January Bowie family. Anyone else? All right. Brother Damien. Heavenly Father, we come in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Just say thank you. We thank you for this daily bread that you allow us to have today, Lord. I come humbly to your throne of grace. And we thank you for a brand new mercy, Lord. Yes. I ask you, we come on one accord, Lord Jesus. I ask you for forgiveness of our sins, Lord Jesus. If we have any oak against anybody in our heart, Lord Jesus, I ask you for forgiveness, Lord Jesus. Because you said, come to the throne of grace and ask for forgiveness before we have any kind of prayer to you, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord Jesus, that we recognize you as the Savior, Lord. Mm. And you said, if you be lifted up, you will draw all men to your glory, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes. In all thy ways, Lord Jesus, let us always acknowledge you. And let us love you with all our heart, Lord. And lean not to our own understanding, Lord Jesus. And you shall direct our path, Lord. And you say we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that we can do things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord. I love you, Lord Jesus, with all my heart, Lord. Because I can't do nothing without you, Lord. I just thank you for the body of Christ that you allow us to be here on one accord, Lord Jesus. And I thank you that I come in the spirit and truth, Lord Jesus. Because through the spiritual life, it's power through the spiritual life. Mm. And the anointing breaks the yoke, Lord Jesus. And mm. I thank you for your anointing, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for this great man, a godly man, Lord Jesus. That he allowed me to say something over your people, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for the words that you allow me to speak out my mouth, Lord. Continue to let my heart, Lord Jesus, mm. be always right, Lord Jesus, towards you. Continue to keep my body, keep my mind, Lord Jesus. Keep my feelings and my emotion, Lord Jesus. And I ask you to watch over the body of Christ, yes. Lord. Because we love you with all our heart. And you say in you we live and have all our beings, Lord. Because we can't do nothing without you, Lord Jesus. We just thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love us always lift you up, Lord Jesus. I thank you for dying on the cross, Lord Jesus. You shed your blood for us, Lord Jesus, that we can have life through you, Lord Jesus. Because we are dead in sin, Lord Jesus. But you allow us to live through your death. 
And I just thank you for that you went down in hell, Lord Jesus, mm. and preached your word down in hell, Lord Jesus. But you got up out yes. of the grave, Lord Jesus, that we can have life. And we just thank you, Lord thank Jesus. You. We love you, Lord Jesus. Let us be sincere, Lord Jesus. Let us come to the house of prayer and be for real about you, Lord Jesus. Don't let us just live for people, Lord Jesus. Let us live for you, Lord Jesus. Let everything be in, in your name, Lord mm. Jesus. Because it's through your name that we live, Lord Jesus. And I love you, Lord Jesus. Love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. We just thank you, Lord Jesus. And you say in all things, give thanks, Lord Jesus. And Lord Jesus, the old word have I hidden in my heart that I won't sin against thee, Lord. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you for your mighty word that it break yokes. In the mighty name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.